Welcome back to Effort of Everything Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cleveland. On today's episode, Gabe Yanez and I, we're back on the mic. We're talking about a book that he just finished called Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. He shares some insight on that. Talk about a little bit of fitness, a little bit of family, and a little bit of where the fitness industry is going in 2023. Always enjoy talking with Gabe. I hope you guys are enjoying these episodes. If you do, simple ask, tell a friend, go back, listen to our previous episodes. Helps us, helps the podcast. Hope you have a great week. Hope you have a great day. Let's dive in a great episode with Mr. Gabe Giannis. Let's go. The recording is in progress. So we were just talking about a book you just finished, and um, I found it to be really interesting. So tell us about this book. I've never heard of it before. And tell me about how we should be spending more money and not yeah. saving. Before I get to the book, and I, I, I always appreciate a good book recommendation. So that's why I kind of wanted to share because I thought that this was like, it was an easy read and it was really interesting, a concept that maybe I hadn't heard of. But before before we get to like the actual book, you know, one thing that's been super different for me this year is how much reading I've done. And the thing that like changed my ability to like get through more books, which is like, I've always enjoyed reading, but before I just like never got it done because like, yeah, you're busy. You never have time to like really sit down and read a book. But Last year, when we did the EOE 40 challenge, which I know we're going to do another NC Fit challenge at some point this year, and I'm excited to get that going. But when we did that January of last year, the top, one of the things that I chose to do was to remove my phone completely from the bedroom. And I've talked about this before. And man, like, it's interesting how, you know, sometimes these challenges that you do for like 30, 40, whatever days, they get a bad rap because it's like, you know, you do this thing, you avoid these foods, you do whatever, and then you go right back to where you started. But, you know, in my experience now, like me doing that for those 40 days and noticing how much like better I slept and just the fact that like, I don't need my phone with me in the bedroom, like completely changed like my bedtime routine to the point where now I look back at all the books that I've gone through this year. And it's not because I'm doing a ton of reading at night. Honestly, I'm not. I fall asleep in like three, five, 10 pages. But it's just the fact that like every single night, like without fault, because I have nothing else to do once I get in bed, I'm reading a book, you know? And it also, I think, goes to speak to this fact that like, you know, a little bit consistently over a year, you know, 365 days. I know we're not at the end end of the year just yet. Like I've gotten through, I, I, I haven't counted, but more books than I think I've ever read maybe outside of like when I was in school and had to read certain books, but even then I didn't read the assigned readings. So I think that this year has been like the most I've read. And all it is, is that I'm spending, I would say max 15, 20 minutes before I fall asleep every night reading books. So just yeah, goes to show that, you know, these yeah, challenges can really matters. be a springboard. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I mean, think about it. Like it's just the same thing as workouts. It's like, you mm -hmm. know, I, I have that same conversation. So this morning with Ava, um, as you guys know, I work out every morning with Ava at 610. And, uh, I had her doing deadlifts this morning and shoulder press and then curls and sumo and then sit-ups. That's what we were doing. It was all strength-based. It was not, I'm, I'm leaning more towards strength bias with her than cardio because she's, she's getting a little bit thinner than I like to see. I'd like to put on a little bit, a little bit more strength on her just because where she's at, like, so we keep the weight super light. I mean, dude, she was deadlifting 45 pounds, right? But at least you're moving through ranges of motion and kind of like connecting the brain with the body. Anyways. 10 minutes a day, every day has been the secret. And it's just been 10 minutes. That's it. Um, but it, you're just kind of chipping away at it versus like this idea of like, you know, 
three hours in the gym one day and then you don't work yeah. out for a month, you know? So yeah. same idea with the reading, you know, for me, dude, I gotta, I gotta get into that habit because the only time I really read is, uh, when I'm traveling. So when I, when I'm on a plane, I typically can get through a book. I mean, depending on obviously the size of the book, but, and this, and the length of the flight. But if I'm going from here to the East coast, you know, it's a five, six hour flight. You know, I can get through quite a bit of a book in that, especially if I'm really engaged in it. So that's, that's when I normally read. And it's funny because now I'm probably going to get through some more reading because I'm waking up three times in the middle of the night to change the diaper of a screaming baby. And then yeah, usually you it takes three pages every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it may, it helps me fall back asleep. But anyway, that's a, that's another conversation, but this book, so this book um, recommendation I heard from Dr. Peter Atia, someone that I bring up on the podcast a lot, really cool, um, you know, longevity expert doctor on social media, puts out a lot of good content. The book is called die with zero. And it's by Bill Perkins. And it the idea behind it, his whole idea is that you should aim to die with zero dollars because a lot of people end up saving too much money. And they end up waiting, you know, and a lot of a big reason that people do this is because they're like, well, the unexpected like health reasons that can come up or whatever. And he goes into the book and talks about how, you know, there's different insurance policies that you can buy to like protect you for that stuff. But like your actual retirement nest egg, right? Like you shouldn't wait for your 60s or retirement to really start going into that because there's so many experiences that you can't enjoy fully in your 60s and 70s that you potentially could a lot more in your 30s, 40s, and 50s. And generally speaking, like if you look at the statistics of net um, net wealth of people as they age, it continues to grow in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s. Like it's always growing which means that people continue to spend less than they're saving. And the entire book is about this idea that like, you know, you getting to the end of your life and having, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars saved up, even if that's going to be an inheritance for kids or go to charity, it would have been much better used had you even given it to your kids or charity while you were alive and were able to enjoy that with them. And he's really big on this idea of experiences and expending, spending your money in ways that produce memories that you can enjoy throughout your life. Like even when you get to the point where you can't go on the crazy trip or you can't do that amazing hike, you still have the memories of having done them, which bring you joy even later in life when you're just flipping through a photo album or whatever. But the the, the piece that tied back to, to health and, and what we do at NC Fit that I thought was really cool and why I wanted to share it on the podcast was, you know, he talks about how, you know, a big reason why you want to invest in these experiences early on is because you more or less need three things to, you know, get a lot of value from these things. You need time, money, and health, right? Like you need the time to go out there and go on these trips and have whatever. You need money because things cost money, right? There are some experiences, of course, that are amazing that aren't super expensive, but you need money to be able to do these things to an extent, but you need your health, right? And so I thought that, and that's why he was saying that like, you know, usually when people are super young, they have their health, they have time, but they don't really have the money yet. And then on the other side of the spectrum, once people get to their 60s, 70s, and they're retired, they probably have a lot of money saved up. They have the time because they're retired, but they usually don't have the health. And, you know, it's a, it's a really cool like concept that brings back what we do and why we do it um, at our gyms, with our app, with the collective, because people can really create a hedge so that, you know, they can enjoy their 50s, 60s, and even 70s a lot more than the average person. And I think it opens up 
you know, the opportunities for you to really, really get so much more enjoyment out of your life if you're making the investments, even if it's small investments on your health now. So anyway, I thought the whole book was super interesting because it goes into like great detail about how you can actually create a whole plan to die with zero dollars. Um, but I thought the health angle was super interesting and it, it made me feel good about what we do at NC Fit um, and, and everything that, you know, kind of is our North Star with the app, with the collective and what, what, what we do at our gyms. Yeah, I mean, dude, you're hitting the nail on the head for me. I just had this conversation with my dad last week and we were talking about money. I was like, we were just having a conversation like, look, when you go one day, hopefully many years from now, like my sister and I, we're, we're fortunate. We don't need anything from you. All we need is time with you. That's it. We don't need your money. We don't need your house. We don't need any of these things, nor, nor do we even really want it, right? We don't really care. It's and, and that's a huge blessing for my sister and I. But what we do want is we want to be able to go spend some more time. And so uh, that's definitely something I'm encouraging with him is like, they have currently their health, right? They could still move. They have time. They generally, you know, they have some money. Let's go rock and roll. Let's go do things together because all you're going to be left with is these memories anyways. You know, I, I think anyways, him and I were having this exact conversation like a week ago um, talking about this. He actually came and he was at our holiday party, which was funny. He was, he was making this like Persian bread with mascarpone cheese and honey. Oh, it was so good. Anyway, he's the best. He's the best. The Persian coffee at the events, man. Dude, uh, I appreciate some Robert, Robert Kalipa time. So we were talking about that, but, but anyways, I, I agree with you, man. I think that it's funny. I, I'm going to definitely check that book out because I think, I was with Aubrey Marcus. This is this is like probably like two years ago, maybe a year. I don't know. We were in Austin, and there was a gentleman at the table. We were having dinner, and it was Ben Greenfield, Aubrey Marcus, and two other gentlemen that I I, I don't remember. I can't recall their their names. I didn't know them before him. And this guy was telling us how every single month he takes his income, he takes his revenue to zero, like every single month. So if he made 10 grand that month, he spent 10 grand that month. Every single month he starts with zero. And um, I just I just found that to be really interesting. So I imagine that's something similar that that Bill Perkins is talking about, just a little bit different, obviously. Yeah, man. And and you know, for me, it's kind of been top of mind lately because I feel like I feel like there's a very kind of like line in the sand for me personally about how I view my life of like before having kids and after having kids. And in many ways. I've started now to think about like, well, you know, what kind of account do I maybe want to save up for, for my children? And like, what is that going to look like? So the book also just came at like a really interesting time for me where I'm kind of thinking about these things in a very different way than I was when, you know, we didn't have a family yet. Yeah. I got to, I got to check that out. Die, Die with zero Bill Perkins. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. You know, it, it goes to show though, you know, anytime I, I, I think for us, you know, big life experience, I think call for, you know, Ava hits her five year out of treatment, March 29th of this year. So, or excuse me of next year. So, you know, what, th three, four months from now. Um, that's, that's awesome. Huge, man. Yeah. It's a huge, 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 huge deal. Um, the biggest deal ever actually. And then, um, we're going to be celebrating it in, in July and we're going, we're going on a trip, but it, it go it feeds into what you're talking about. Right. It's like, you know, kind of creating these memories, creating these experiences. And um, I'm curious his perspective. Cause I, I imagine there's, if you go too far too quick, you could also put yourself in a terrible position where if you spend too much too early and you don't have anything later, then you also burden other people around you. So I'd, I'd be curious his take on that. So I'm, I'm excited to read that book. I'm sure there's a lot to dive into. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a good one because he talks about all that, like all the reasons 
that you would think like, but is this really a good idea? He like addresses those um, chapter by chapter and it, it, it's an easy read. So definitely recommend it to anyone that's interested um, in, in this stuff, but we're getting close to the new year, dude. What do you, uh, I, I, resolutions tend to be a, a, a big topic that, that comes up. Um, you know, this will probably come out, not probably, it will come out on the 22nd. So we're like on the eve of the week between Christmas and New Year's where, you know, not a lot goes on, but a lot of people are thinking about the new year and what they want to go after. Anything kind of top of mind for you with 2023 around the corner? Oh, man. Let's see. I mean, dude, this year I got in, you know, some jiu-jitsu tournaments. I competed in the Legends. Um, I'm, you know, next year early, probably, you know, do the Open, have fun with that from a physical perspective. Um, I think for me, you know, it's a lot of dedication and focus on uh, where the company's going for 2023. I think for me, I don't, I don't necessarily have any physical goals or nutrition goals, although I think we might jump into a nutrition challenge for the company, but it's mainly about like locking in where we're going. I think 2023 is going to be a really good year for the company coming out of like a couple of years, just really getting hit hard um, emotionally, like like, like I, I, I had a lot of ups and downs the last couple of years from the company. So I think it's going to be one of those like, like really high level, awesome years from that. So I think that's what the focus is going to be. Um, but aside from that, man, same old stuff, dude, just trying to be, you know, trying to be present with the kids, trying to, you know, all those kind of things are really, really important to me. And, um, you know, um, yeah, that, that's what I got. I, I, you know, I, yeah. All good, dude. I'm. I'll have more to share as the you know as the weeks go on, but I think for now it's honing in on what we're doing in 2023 and being really focused on it from a business perspective, while also not allowing my other priorities to go away. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm excited, man. I mean, obviously, you know, we're this is this is our thing, so we're both very excited about NC Fit and 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 where it's going. Obviously, we wouldn't be here, but I'm. I'm curious your take. You know. The fitness space obviously hit super hard um, with with COVID and and kind of the past two years. Now you know we're coming coming into a time where like people are coming back to in person gym. Um, you know they're they're kind of ready. It seems like we're finally you know putting COVID behind us. Not a hundred percent. I don't think that'll be the case anytime soon. But for the most part. But yeah. now there's this kind of like you know cloud over the economy and like kind of where that's going. And, you know, depending on the headlines you read, things might seem worse or they might, but they definitely don't seem rosy, right? Like no one is saying that 2023 is going to be easy. Inflation is high, whatever. What's your take on potentially how that might impact the fitness space, us specifically? Um, is that something you've given a little bit of thought or is it also just one of those things where it's going to be what it's going to be. And we're behind hard times. And it, it's just worth kind of looking forward and being optimistic. Well, I think first off, like the news, we got to be really careful about the news because even if like everything was like awesome, right? Let's just say Russia, China, Iran, everybody's super happy. Like everybody was super happy. Let's just say the economy was growing at a, at a, at a good rate. Inflation was not crazy. Um, you had, uh, Democrats and Republicans were getting along. Deals were getting done left and right. Like, let's just say all that was happening. Let's just oh, say. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let's, <laughs> let's just say. say. <laughs> yeah. The news would still find something bad to talk about. No, no matter what, it, it's going to find the negative because that is ultimately what drives viewership. And so I think that's really important for us to recognize. I think a lot of people through COVID found out more about that. That like, basically like um, bad things sell. 
and good things don't, right? The story about the firefighter saving the the, the child or the, the, the story about how, you know, uh, small business is booming now or the story about how, you know, uh, whatever, like you don't, you don't hear about that. You just hear about crypto in the tank, stock market down, uh, you know, Iran is whatever, right? You just hear about those things. And, and yeah, of course, like a lot of that is true. And I'm not saying it's not. What I'm saying is that the focus goes on the negative instead of the focus being on the positive. And so I think that once you realize that that's always going to be the lens the news looks through, I think that that's important to recognize. Caveating yeah. that by saying like, there is a lot to improve on. I'm not saying those things are like fake. I'm not like, but what I am saying is that when they say the economy is not doing well, sure. Is inflation high? Is, you know, is there a certain data out there? Of course. But, you know, I have to kind of take a look at like what's happening around me and thinking like, hey, what are, what is our business telling us? And, you know, we started the company in 2008 when a lot of people would say that was like a terrible time to start a company. Terrible. You're coming out of, you know, it was a, it was just a bad time. But we saw a tremendous growth from 2008 on. And so I think that um, removing the noise of the news and focusing on what's in your control and, and how your business is growing is, is what the focus is going to be. You know, that's, that's just my take on it. Because like I said, I mean, dude, look at every time I talk about, oh, I started the company. To, oh, that was, a, that was a bad time. It's like, well, I mean, for, for us, it wasn't because people were prioritizing their health. People are prioritizing connection and community, which I think now more than back in 08 is even more important. Yeah, for sure. I, I read an article the other day in the New York Times that was saying, you know, on a positive note that, you know, in-person fitness businesses were outperforming every other retail category um, and that there's a lot opening up. I think the interesting piece there is a lot of studios opening up is a good sign in that people are seeking this kind of service. So that's good. But I think on the other side, that means that, you know, it's not going to get any less competitive anytime soon. And I think that, you know, in the, the boutique fitness space specifically, you know, there's going to be a lot of really creative, different modalities and, and business models that are coming out. You know, there's the boxing studios, there's the metabolic fitnesses, there's, you know, it's not even just going to be your Barry's boot camp, CrossFit gym, Orange Theory anymore. Like, there's probably going to be another Orange Theory that comes out next year that is something that strikes a nerve with people and 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 goes a little viral. And that stuff, like you said, is outside of our control. If any gym owners are, are listening, it's outside of your control. Like that stuff is going to happen. What I always try and focus on in the B two B newsletter that I send out, for example, is the things that are in your control and making sure that you're prepared for the space to get more competitive by doing all the things that maybe you know you should be doing, but have been putting off. I think now is the perfect opportunity to make sure that your systems are in check, that your quality of the product on the gym floor is top notch. Make sure that you have a playbook for sales and you have a marketing plan, at least for the next two quarters. If you don't have any idea what you're going to be marketing or what your themes are going to be for Q1 and Q2 of 2023, I think you should be getting on that soon. And it doesn't mean that you have to reinvent the wheel and find this like amazing campaign that no one has thought of. Like, that's not what we're saying, but it means like, you know, are you going to run any promos? Are you going to have any bring a friend days on the schedule that you plan for? Are, you know, like all of those little things you should at least be thinking about at least, but ideally you should be putting pen to paper on right now because we're, you know, when this comes out a week away from the new year. 
Yeah. I mean, well, people talk about like the scarcity versus abundance mindset. And I think that as a gym owner in particular, um, I think that, so for example, I'm standing right now at our Campbell location for a while, there was literally a gym, literally. I, I mean, now that I'm better at throwing a baseball uh, game, I could definitely have hit it with the baseball for sure. I mean, it's yeah. what <laughs> 20 feet away, maybe like on the other side of this wall, literally 20 feet was another gym. And I remember when the guy opened, I was like, dude, like, it's not good to have two gyms like right next to each other, but it is what it is. You know, I was just saying like, that person's only going to make us better because we're going to have to strive to, you know, offer a more premium service. And I think this idea of abundance mindset, the more gyms that open that, it, that, that are good, you want good ones. The more people get excited about fitness, that tell their friends about fitness, and they're going to go find a gym that fits for, for what they're interested in. And I think that in the functional training space, we need to encourage gym owners. Sure. Open up, but be really good. Run a professional clean, you know, same thing with jujitsu, right? It's a good thing if jujitsu gyms open because they expose more people to jujitsu, just like CrossFit, just like whatever. But if there's inconsistency so much so in the training, you don't want someone to go have a bad experience. So the abundance mindset would say, Hey, open up gyms. Cause then more people tell more people, which tell more people, which gets more people interested in our style of training. Cause we're still a niche right? We're still a niche, no matter what people say. Conventional gyms have thousands of members per location. We're talking about hundreds. And I think that uh, the more people I hear about us, the better. We just need as an industry to constantly be evolving. So we provide a product that if someone comes to our gym and then they join a gym, you know, a year later when they move to Arizona and they're seeking out a gym, we want to make sure they had a great experience here. So they seek out a similar type of gym out there. Otherwise, you know, if we have a poor experience, they're going to find something completely different. So that that's really important, I think. Yeah, we've we've said this until you know we're kind of blue in the face of a rising tide lifts all boats, but it's true, man. It's it's a hundred percent true. I mean, we all know people that have gone to, you know, CrossFit gym, functional fitness gym, whatever you want to call it, and had a terrible experience because the coaching isn't great, the programming is irresponsible, the place is dirty, and their perception now of all of these gyms. It's baked in and it's really hard to work against that. Whereas, you know, if an orange theory opens up and they have a system and they keep their gym clean and so on and so forth. Now in their mind, all they know is this was a good experience and this was not a good experience. And if they move out of state, what are they going to go and seek out? They're going to use the information that they have, which is, hey, I visited this and it was a good experience. I visited this and it was not a good experience. So they're so much less likely to give that other type of business a second chance. Um, and, you know, now is the time where people are moving a lot, right? Like it's, it's so important. Like I want to your point there to be great gyms out there so that if people do move to the Bay area or move to anywhere where we have a partner gym or a collective gym, they're seeking out those types of gyms, right? It, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's good for everybody. You know, I, I walked in today and the whole class was doing a uh, wall sits and so I'm, I'm coaching in what, a couple hours and, uh, I'm coaching the class. I'm excited about this one because it's just like, um, you know, I, I feel like our programming coming together in the new year is gonna be really exciting, but it's like the energy that the group environment gives, I think is exactly what people need. So in regards to your question about like the economy and things like that, like I said, I'm not downplaying what's occurring in the world. There's a lot going on in the world. There will always be a lot going on in the world. Sometimes more, sometimes less, but there's always a lot going on. I mean, dude, it's a giant ass place um, with a lot of, you know, conflicting issues. Um, 
But what's in our control is providing our members every single day, the best possible experience when they walk in the door. And I think if we could be that space where people come in and they just can like be free of all the stuff that's happening in the world and just connect with other people, I think it's great. I mean, like I said, with our holiday party, dude, it was awesome. We had a guy here. I don't know if I told you this. We had a guy here and um, I want to say his name was Rob. Anyways, I had never met him. So he walks in the gym and this is for our holiday party. And dude, he was wearing like, he was wearing a good outfit. Like he was, he was looking sharp. It was a, it was a ugly sweater party, but this guy in particular was like looking really sharp. Like he was, he wasn't wearing an ugly sweater, but he looked good. Like jeans were on point, boots were on point, shirt was on point. So I walked up and was like, Hey, what's up, bro? I was like, dude, those boots are sick. You're looking good. Like just complimenting him. So I thought he looked sharp. And, uh, the night goes on, turns out, uh, I've never met him neither had anybody else in the room. He was, it was his first day of a three for, uh, he had signed up online and he just had moved from, um, Tennessee or Texas. And this was his first experience with the gym period. Never went to a class, never met anybody, nothing. And, uh, I just thought he had a lot of guts to show up to an event, but it just goes to show that like people like him and others, like they came and he had an amazing time, met new people. And, um, that's what I think the gym offers that that other things don't. You know, in, in this particular case, I mean, he had a lot of guts to show up by himself, but he was very personable, obviously. But that's that's what I think is special about the brick and mortar, and that's why I think you're going to see it grow even more. That digital just can't provide long term. Do I think digital also is great? Of course. Like I use our app on a regular basis to hit workouts in my garage, but I still love coming in here and, and training around environment. It's just not the same. Yeah, it's not the same, and it's never going to be the same. And I think that. People are craving, you know, rubbing shoulders with people again and and getting in there, especially in in like a workout environment where it's uncomfortable, but you're so like, you talk about this all the time. You're so much more likely to embrace being uncomfortable when it's a shared experience and not, you know, you in a garage or your living room or whatever, getting after it alone. Dude, cold plunge is a great example, man. Kate and I were in the sauna last night or the night before. And it's cold outside right now in California, not Texas cold or East coast cold. I'm sorry, but just California cold. So like today is a high of, I'm not even gonna say what the high is because we're going to make fun of us, but, but you know, it was like, it was, it was like, I don't know, 40 degrees. It was, it was cold outside. Right. And, uh, <laughs> someone's out there laughing right now. Like, well, you think 40 degrees or whatever, but we got out of the sauna and dude, the cold plunge, like it was not looking very good. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm but I'm so cold already. It, it wasn't looking inviting. No. And Caden got into it with just his legs. And he's sitting there like, whoa, 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 making a bunch of noise. I'm like, fuck, I do not want to get into that thing. But then sure enough, that little guy, he jumps in it. And I'm like, damn it, Caden. Because now, now I feel like this peer pressure. And in this case, obviously, it's like a father-son thing. Like, I can't let him do it. But if he wasn't there, I don't know. I, I think I would have still done it. But I don't know. It would have been much harder. So. Back to the peer pressure thing, it makes a big difference. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's accountability, right? It's having, you know, because part of it too is Caden is probably, and everyone's experienced this, like Caden is also doing it not like because, you know, he's that much more disciplined than you already, but there's a piece of that that you're there. You know, he wants to do it in front of you. There's there's mutual accountability there. And people have probably experienced this with a training partner or whatever it is, um, because you know, there's the person that sees someone set the example, but there's also the person that's motivated by wanting to set the example. Yeah, for sure, dude. I, uh, uh, by the way, today is 
Thursday the 15th, we're recording this tonight. I don't know if you saw your boy, boy Gordon Ryan is is competing in UFC. I did uh, see. I have a question about that, actually. In a UFC event. And so is our homeboy, Mason Fowler. So Mason Fowler is competing in like the, I don't want to call it the undercard. I don't know how to, what it's described as, but if he wins the brackets, he, um, he wins 25 grand. So that's a big day for, for Mason. And then Gordon was competing against, he got a fight with a guy that was the last guy to beat him. If I'm not mistaken, like this is years ago, he got beat by this guy. Well, what happened? Did the guy back out? The guy, according to reports, was having issues with his weight cut. I don't even know what that means, but was having issues with his weight cut. And so he he had to back out. And now Gordon Ryan is competing against Nikki Rod. Nikki Rod, yeah. Which was the the finals for ADCC, the heavy or you know, like the higher weight. So I, I don't know. I it's that's what's happening today in jujitsu. In the world of jujitsu, that's what's happening right now. So I had a question, but I think you answered it. Obviously, even though the UFC is hosting this, this is a BJJ match. It's a jiu-jitsu match with, um, um, I'm going to butcher it. It's like, um, there's a specific rule set where I could, I could look up the rule set, but the rule set is you go for like X amount of minutes. And then if no one scores points or submits, I think it might be sub only. Then you like start from different positions. Um, you know what, while I have you, I, Okay, but it's no, it isn't mixed martial arts, I guess was my my biggest question. No, it is not mixed martial arts. And I, so I think that that could be a little bit confusing um, for- It was confusing for me because I know it was UFC fight night. I was like, are these guys putting gloves on? Yeah, so um, it's called UFC Fight Pass. Fight and, Pass, that's um, right. Let's look at it. Um, okay, live events. I just, I, it's all part of like a whole thing, but I, I, I think it's called- it's gonna bother me now. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look up the rule set because um, rule set for BJJ. Fight pass. Uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of different. Um, there's a bunch of different rule sets, and the one that they're competing in. Normally, Gordon uh, fights in like um, like no time limit, but in this case, there's it's it's different rule set. Um, how do you watch it okay ebi where is it going to stream do you know um it's on ufc fight pass okay yeah i mean smart move by ufc have they done this before because i i I would i would assume that this is a really smart way for the ufc to bring in some more fans, right? Because I'm sure that there's, while the overlap is probably big between like UFC fans and BJJ fans, I'm sure there are still some people that are very much in the BJJ space that maybe not are in the MMA space. So it's a good way to kind of bring them into the fold, I would imagine. For sure. So if if I'm correct on this, and and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this, it's a 10 minute match um, and the focus is on submission. If the match doesn't finish within the time limit of 10 minutes, the match goes into overtime rounds. Overtime round consists of two sets. The maximum is three rounds or six exchanges per set in overtime. So basically in the overtime round, each either contestant will flip the coin winner of the coin flip will pick between two positions. 
a spider web arm bar placed with the attacker at the top or back control using both hooks. And they basically start from there. So um, I watched the guys preparing for this um, the last couple of weeks. I wasn't like paying much attention because I was just kind of doing my rounds, but this is basically a, a specific rule set where after 10 minutes, you basically start from a, a really difficult position and then you get out of it. So I'll have to report back on how this goes. I hope Mason wins. How did, um, how did your workout go with the sandbag, uh, the other day? Dude, Last, um, oh yeah, we were talking about that, huh? So yeah. I, what did I, you end I, up doing? I do. I ended up, uh, so I went, I was doing jujitsu. I brought a hundred pound sandbag on the mats, which I actually just left at the gym. And, um, I did, uh, three rounds, um, one minute on, or basically one round was 10 squats holding the hundred pound sandbag in the front. Like, so like around your stomach, like on your chest and then 10 over the shoulder as fast as you could go. And after doing rounds, like the first one, just dude, it crushed me. I, um, I did 10 and 10. It took me like 50 seconds and I sat there for a couple of minutes. I wanted to recover. And then I hit that for two more rounds. And so the idea was to kind of like get this like high intensity, explosive one minute of just like crazy work and then rest and recover and then do that again three times and also add the external load, which I feel like a lot of guys in jiu-jitsu don't incorporate that much. So I added the hundred pound sandbag, especially for the squats. So yeah, dude, it was great. Um, I'd recommend any jiu-jitsu practitioner to kind of add that in one minute on was ended up being what it was for me. Two minutes off. I shared it on Instagram too. Yeah, man, the sandbag is so versatile. And I love what you said about like it being gentle, quote unquote, on the floor. So being able to bring it to something like that. Um, but it's so true, man. And it's so it's so interesting how, you know, if you think about 100 pounds, right, loaded on a barbell. So think a 95 pound bar, which is super standard for a lot of movements um, in functional fitness, CrossFit benchmarks, so on and so forth. There's something about like the odd object of a sandbag that makes it so much more challenging. Like, you know, you doing a squat bear hug with a hundred pounds versus taking a 95 pound barbell and doing a back squat or a front squat night and day, right? There's just something about the fact that it's this like kind of awkward object, um, super dense versus like a perfectly balanced barbell with, you know, the exact same weight on both sides that I think is, is, is a type of challenge that we don't get a lot. Um, I do think that, you know, you can get plenty fit with a barbell, a barbell alone, but that's why dumbbells are so beneficial. That's why, you know, sandbags are just doing stuff outside the gym is also important, right? If you do everything just with a barbell and to a, to an even more extreme, you know, people that might still be just doing global gym stuff. If you're doing everything just with a cable machine or a Smith machine, even less, right? Like now you don't even have like the perfectly even balanced weight, but you're literally on a track. Um, so, you know, all these things have their time and place, but I think it's something to be said is the fact that like the more unstable odd object it has, you know, there's some real benefits there that, you know, people might be missing out on. You need both, right? The utility of having an odd object and the utility of having like no like supporting system, I think is really good for real life. For example, Caden and I, like two weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, we were at a hotel and they had a Smith machine and he had never seen a Smith. Well, he'd probably seen one. He had never used a Smith machine before. And uh, so I had him squatting on it and it just totally threw him off. Like he didn't know what to do. It was like, it was really fun for me to watch because like he couldn't figure out like, because you know, like when you're on a Smith machine, you kind of got to like move your feet a little bit differently and kind of lean into it. It's, it's a little bit different. It's not 
I actually like the Smith machine. I think it's cool, but he had a really difficult time with it because he's so used to kind of being able to work on his own kind of plane the way he wants to. And so it was a good example of how I've never exposed him to that, but then other, you know, people might not be exposed to, you know, holding dumbbells on their shoulders or, or, or kettlebell work or whatever. So if you're in a conventional gym and that's all you're doing, I think there's holes. If you're in a functional gym and you're not doing, you know, just some odd object stuff or whatever, I think you're missing out something too. So it's just finding those opportunities. I think are really important. Um, the sandbag being a good one. Yes. I did a good kettlebell workout with, uh, it was 30 kettlebell swings, Russian style, 25 burpees to a target, 20 hand release pushups, four rounds that's coming up, um, at NC fit in the first week of January, we test all these workouts, um, little longer than I think we intended it to be. So probably, you know, we'll make some adjustments for maybe the future, obviously, but I think it hit the mark. You guys are still testing workouts every Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. We did last Tuesday. We did, um, we did that, this overhead squat bike one that was tough. And then, um, we did another one too, with like pull-ups. We typically are able to test two workouts on a Tuesday session. And then all the workouts get tested, but now that we're on the one track, two journeys, dude, so much better because we're able to test like everything a lot easier than when you were having two completely separate tracks because the workouts were completely different. Now we could have like a crew of 10 of us and maybe seven of us will do fitness and three will do performance or vice versa, but we could all have the same gear out, the same flow, the same everything. So it makes it a lot easier for us now that we're having one track with two journeys. And that's, you know, exactly why it's probably going to make life a lot easier for gym owners that use the collective programming for that, that exact same reason. Oh yeah, dude. Especially. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah, we're fired up about that. Um, also, uh, yeah, aside from that, man, fired up to coach today, ready to rock. Um, got some plans. Uh, yeah. I, oh dude, I forgot to tell you, I put in, so I put into the, uh, Brian yesterday, uh, brisket. And so I am brining the brisket to make pastrami and I'm going to smoke it on Sunday. I'll let you know how it goes because I've, I've done pastrami like three or four times last Christmas. I did it for the family and I really prioritize this thing, but I was smoking it at my house, but we were celebrating at my in-laws. So I was going back and forth and we wanted to eat at like whatever time and I didn't put it in early enough. And so I sped it up by the time I pulled it out, it was, it was fine but it wasn't the pastrami I was hoping for. And it what, really let me down. What goes into a pastrami brine? Dude, so you got like this pink, um, like like this pink curing salt. Um, I don't know, I have it up on my phone, but like here. I'm making, um, I'm making ribs for Christmas, pork yeah. ribs. Uh, so I've, I've and, and it's like an embarrassingly easy um, oh, recipe. Yeah. There's nothing special about it. But dude, they are so good. And the cool thing is they're probably also so good. Not probably. They're definitely so good because they're from the pigs that we raised. We know what they they're pasture raised. Like there are there are ribs. They're ribs that we raised right here on, on our ranch. But yeah, super easy with three hours. Um, you know, slow. I, I I don't have a smoker, so I do everything in the oven, but just three hours, like low and slow, and then take them out wrap them in tin foil with um, apple cider vinegar and Worcester sauce and honey, a little bit of honey, mostly apple cider vinegar and Worcester sauce and wrap it really, really tight and then put it back in for another two hours. Dude. So basically that same thing that you just said, a lot of people would do something similar on a smoker, right? Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so easy. And like 
dude, when they're done, you can like take, you know, it's like one of those, like you can take the rib bone out and it just like slips out. It is. You know, it's funny about ribs though. So depending on who you talk to, some people love them like that. Like where it's just like super tender. Yeah. Other people think there should be like some meat on the bone and it shouldn't just fall right off like that. No, Uh, no, no, no way. But to pastrami, you take a brisket, you add a gallon of water, kosher salt, sugar, pickling spice, garlic, smashed cloves, and then pink curing salt. So you take this and then you you put it in like a big Ziploc bag and you put the brine and you put the brine and you put the uh, brisket. You let it sit there for like right now it's in a cooler for four or five days, and then all of a sudden it starts to turn the 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 meat starts to turn kind of like a different a little bit of a different color. Then when you smoke it, obviously the smoke flavor gets in there. And that's ultimately what happens. How you take a a brisket into a pastrami is all about the brining that you do for days in advance. So I put it in yesterday. I'm going to do it on, I'm going to smoke it on Sunday. Probably would have liked to have had it sit there a little bit longer, but that's fine. I'll let you know how it goes though. I, I, I'm really, I really want to deliver for the family for Christmas. And I really just hope I don't mess this thing up. Yeah. You got to let me know. Hey dude. Yeah. You got it. You got to get a smoker. We're going to, you know what? We, we got to find a smoker, like a green egg to sponsor the podcast somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, man, I, I've, I've smoked before, um, but it was like a really old crummy one that they left at the house that like worked half of the time. So we had to get rid of it. Um, and it would like, I don't know if this is just because it was a bad smoker, but it would, it would catch fire almost every other time I was using it. And I cleaned it. I cleaned it really, really well because it was the, the, the fat drippings were catching fire at the bottom. And I was like, dude, this is too much of a pain in the butt. So I got rid of it. But anyway, I think it was just cause it was really old and it wasn't great. Yeah. Chances are it was really old and not very great. Cause it, it shouldn't be catching on fire like that. Dude. But dude, I gotta, uh, yeah, we gotta get you a smoker. Um, all right. Well, Hey dude, I hope you have a kick-ass day. Hope baby, hope family's going well. Um, I'm going to head out to, uh, we had some good meetings today, head out to the gym, go coach some classes. And, um, you know, if if you're a gym owner out there and you haven't checked out our 2023 outlook document, you got to make sure you check that out. We've talked about it before. I really think we're doing something special with the collective. If you've been on the fence, now is the time to really put it together. I think going into 2023, we're really excited about it. I'll also be at Wadapalooza. Gabe, I think we're still decided. We're still trying to figure it out, but I will hundred percent be at Wadapalooza. So if you're there, make sure to come see me. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. What about you, Gabe? Good to go? That's it, man. That's it. It's December, holiday season. I'm going to put on some Christmas music once we get off the podcast. Just a good time, man. Feeling good. Feeling good. All right. right, Let's keep it rocking. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening and uh, check out the previous episodes. Let's go.